Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Positive Struggle Podcast. Today, we have an important guest. He's one of the best podcasters we have. Today, we have Omar Elata. Could you formally introduce yourself right now? Yes, absolutely, man. So, thank you for having me on the show. Um, basically, my name, like you said, is Omar Elatar. I'm the host and creator of the Passionate View podcast and YouTube show. Uh, we've reached millions of people and we've interviewed billions of dollars worth of entrepreneurs in person. And um, I was once a young man with a dream who was 24 years old, broke, lost, depressed, overweight, girl broke up with me, broke my heart. And I decided that I wanted to take control of my life when I was at rock bottom. I got into personal development, Tony Robbins, um, countless other speakers, leaders, and uh, learned how to transform my life. I wrote down a list one day when I was in rock bottom, what I want to do with my dreams. And my dream was to interview inspiring people, uh, impact the world and leave a powerful impression. And so little by little, I started doing the impossible, being a nobody, reaching out to big names, getting interviews. And um, at first nobody watched, but one view turned into 10, turned into 100, 1,000, a million, and now we've reached uh, almost 7 million people So, uh, and growing. So I'm living my dream and I'm excited to um, inspire and impact the world through powerful stories. So that's pretty much um, my story in a nutshell, man. So thank you for having me on today. So I really appreciate what you said. Now you talked about you having a passion. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. drove you? What drove you to this path? Yes, um, a combination of inspiration and desperation. Mm-hmm. I was always inspired to do something awesome, um, but until I hit rock bottom, it seemed that I didn't um, fully capitalize on that. I didn't fully take action on it. And sometimes, you know, they say when you go through tough times, that's when your character's developed. So I was in a tough time, and um, you know, sometimes when you're comfortable, you have no reason to um, push yourself but when your back's against the wall you have no choice so my back was against the wall and my life wasn't working and here i was i mean you guys are young i mean you're how old are you i'm 12 12 years old at the time of us recording this i was 12 i wasn't even i you know i wasn't even remotely thinking about doing interviews or doing something cool like this i was um i was skateboarding i was doing what i love to do but i didn't know how to do something big in the world i didn't know how to think big or do big. I always dream big, but I didn't know how to do anything about it. And so I think, um, I think I hit a point where, you know, I was 24 years old. Like I said, I was in my mid twenties. I felt like I was already, you know, getting older and didn't do anything with my life. My life didn't have any meaning, any fulfillment, any juice, any excitement. So it was a combination of pain, uh, of wanting to be a somebody and uh, inspiration of, of knowing the direction of inspiration and motivation and, mm. you know, that, that lane of things I wanted to do. But until my heart got broken, I had no choice but to look in the mirror and have some really hard conversations with myself. So that's what drove me, man, a lot of pain. And I wanted to prove to my girlfriend who broke up with me that um, I was cool. That I was like, because she liked, I've told this story a few times, but she loved Grant Cardone, she loved Hot Cheetos, and she loved Quest Bars. So I made it my personal mission to interview all three of those guys to prove to her that you left me, well, watch this, I'm the freaking man. Like, you don't want my time? Well, I'll show you who wants my time. Mm. And those interviews, I did the impossible to try to get interviews with Grant Cardone and the creator of Hot Cheetos and Tom Billy, the billion dollar founder of Quest, Quest Bars. Mm. Um, from messaging them to emailing them to waiting outside of restaurants for places to you know going in person to them speaking at a seminar to emailing and messaging their family to try to get interviews i just did a whole bunch of crazy things and some of them took 
weeks, some of them took months, and some of them took years to get, but ultimately I would interview every single one of those, and those ended up being successful, getting hundreds of thousands of views online, and I just ran with the momentum and started reaching so many people, so I started loving it, and I fell in love with telling stories of, you know, the passionate few, right? People who are passionate about what they did and turn that passion and passion into a legacy. During this time, was there any period you stopped or like, why, what motivated you to, to not procrastinate? Or what, what, what inspired you to, to not stop? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, that's a, that's a very good question. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was, I think I, I lo- first of all, I loved it so much that I, it was, it, it required no motivation or discipline. It was just, I wanted to do this. And it got to a point where when I started interviewing one person, I would post it on social media and I would get a lot of likes and a lot of views. And so that became addictive and nobody else. When I started, I started, it's 2020, the time of us recording this, I started the end of 2016, this is four years ago. So at that time, there wasn't as many people podcasting and doing this stuff as much as they are now. So I kind of started at a time where it was less common and I just ran with it and I ran with it and ran with it. And every time I did one, it would, you know, it would get, you know, whatever, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. You know, some of our videos now have over 700,000 views, but it just, what kept me motivated was seeing the reaction from people and how much people were inspired and moved and called to action and loved what I did and how I did it. And so that just addicted me. It became, I felt, I started feeling like a magician. You know, it's like a magician who does a magic trick. Everybody goes, wow. And then he does another magic trick and he goes, wow. And he does another magic trick and then everybody goes, wow. If you were to ask him, you know, what kept you going as a magician, he will tell you the wow from the crowd helps, helps keep you motivated to do another trick, to show him another thing, to get another reaction. So what started with, uh, you know, what started with motivation of pain from the breakup um, ended up lasting only a few months. And for the last couple of years, it's really been about serving people and asking people questions that in my belief nobody was asking to people that nobody's asking those questions to and delivering it in a powerful and beautiful format on video and audio worldwide so i just love to do it man so what kept me what kept me going was trying to prove to myself who, who could i get next you know who could i get next who could i reach next who could i help next and uh, it just became um this intoxicating uh journey so yeah man it's it's uh it's been incredible i see the passionate feel behind you what what gave you that name or what what inspired you to use that name the passionate feel yeah dude i love these questions um what inspired me to name it the passionate feel you know i'm a very um like sentimental guy and interestingly i think I think I I remember I was between like three names. Um, One of them was the Omar Elatar show. The other one was the passionate few. And the third one was um, inspired minds. And um, I actually loved all three of the names, but for some reason, the passionate few, just something about it just felt different. It just, and I, I remember, I don't necessarily exactly remember how it first came into my mind, but I do remember the time that I made the decision to do it. Um, I was trying to think like, what's okay, well, what's the common denominator of everybody I interview? What's the, 
what's the theme of the show? And I was like, well, they're all driven. They're all inspired. They're all passionate. 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 The passionate few. Hmm. Passionate few. Okay. Passionate few, you know? So it was kind of like a mental brainstorm with myself, very calm. And it just came to me. It just the passionate few. I don't, you know, it's funny. As I reflect back, I can't even remember the exact moment it first came into my mind. I wish, I wish I could because it's, you know, I'm such a sentimental guy. But I just remember something in me was certain that, that was what I had to do. That was my mission. And, um, you know, I called somebody to make a logo. And from that moment on, it was, you know, full steam ahead. Now, in, in the next couple of years, what are your aims or what are your aspirations? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I thought there was more to the question, sorry. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I started, I didn't, you know, I never thought like that. I never thought, you know, a lot of people would always ask me, um, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next? I'm like, I kind of, I understood. I was watching a documentary recently where Kobe Bryant, as soon as he would win a game or win a championship, they go, what's next? And he, he's like, He's like, what do you mean? What's next? Let me enjoy what's happening now. <laughs> Why is there this addiction to the future? Let's let's appreciate the present. So you know, when people ask me, you know, what's next, um, I don't know just as much as they do. I just know that I'm going to be doing more interviews, more content, and um, you know, I'd like to, to to just do what we do at an even deeper level, um, building an online education platform. Uh, building live in-person seminar events that you know transformational events that help people in their life uh, with their mindset and their energy and their business and their mood and their communication so i think it, it's just about creating more meaningful content and then offering products and services and education tools um, to allow people to do things in a way that you know we think um, is optimal for people so Really, you know, what's next is just doing more of what we already do and just doing it through different mediums, whether it's through online education or um, through in-person events. Just want to keep inspiring the world and uh, changing lives, one human being, one story at a time. Timmy, do you have any questions for Omar? Great questions, Manuel. Timmy, do you have any questions? Is Timmy here? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. I'd like to ask you this question. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What pushes you to keep on going every single day? I just love to do it. You know, I just love to do it. I just, um, you know, the same thing that makes somebody, you know, want to play video games every day. It's an addiction. It's a drug. It's um it's a love. It's a. It's become a craft, and um, I just, I just love to do it. You know, I, just, I wish I could tell you there's some deep philosophical thing, but I don't have a spin I put on it or anything. I just love to do it. You know, I, I just love to do it, and I did it when I was in debt. I did it broke. Um, I did it when I was making money. So, you know, I, I have, I have a saying that's like. Um, if I wouldn't do it for free, I wouldn't do it for a fee. So to me, I love this. To me, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. I remember there was a time when, you know, I was sitting there crying. I'm in my mid-20s. I mean, you guys are so young. 
I was double your age. You guys are 12 and 13. I was double your guys' age. Imagine 13 years go by and you don't do anything meaningful with your life. That, that makes the world a better place. And that's where I was, man. And on top of that, I was broke. On top of that, I was overweight. On top of that, my girlfriend left me. So I was just like, oh, God. And um, like I said, man, that that pain, I found a coach and I invested in a coach. I paid the coach what little money I had. It was a couple hundred dollars. And I'll never forget, man. He told me, he said, if life was perfect, what would you do? And I said, well, if life was perfect, this is what I would do. And I'm living the exact dream that I wrote on paper that day. So, um, you know, it, might, it, it would be like asking Kobe Bryant, you know, what keeps you playing basketball? And he would just tell you the love of the game, the love, the love of the sport. You know, for me, for me, this is sport and I love to do it. And I love to, um, you know, like if somebody told me, hey, can you interview President Obama in 20 minutes uh, for two hours in front of 100 million people? be like cool I'm ready let's go I'm just ready to go I don't have any kind of nerves I just love to do it I was I was made to do this my gift is communication so I just I, I found my my thing a lot of people might don't find their thing but I found my thing and so when you find it you appreciate it and the last thing in the world you want to do is let it go so that's what keeps me going man I just love to do it I love to do it there's no problems challenges obstacles you know, I think I heard, I forget who I interviewed who said this. I've heard it a few times, but they say that, you know, you're aligned when the challenges you're facing are challenges you want to solve. The challenges that I had with the show and continue to have in various areas, whether it's organizing or people or booking interviews or conducting them or monetizing or building a business around it. I want those problems. Bring it on. I want those challenges. Give me that. You know, I want to deal with it. I want to eat crap. I want to, I want to get punched in the face. I want to fail. I want to, you know, I, I'm willing to push through to get to the other side. And, um, yeah. And it's purely because I love to do it. There are much easier things I could be doing, <laughs> but, um, you know, I chose this and I guess I'm one of the passionate few, man, committed to making my, uh, you talked my about passion, my mission. I'm sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. Okay. You talked about having a coach. What do you think about having a mentor? Do you think having a mentor is necessary in whatever you're doing? Yes. Uh, I don't think it's uh, necessary in the sense that, you know, you you have to or you won't succeed. I think many people do on their own, but I think you, you got to be self-aware. And for me, I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm not good at most things, to be honest with you. I have never been, for example, a natural per se at, um, you know, a sport or a hobby or a skill or whatever, right? I've never been a natural. But one thing that, that I do know about myself when I get self-aware is that I have skills in certain areas and mentors are meant to help give you insight and wisdom as to the skill sets you may need in other areas. Because for example, I'm not good at video, I'm not good at audio, I'm not good at editing, I'm not good at any of that. That's my team. I barely know how to turn on and press record on a camera. But I'm incredibly good at communicating, at booking interviews, at interviewing, at being composure, at optimizing my YouTube views, at, uh, you know, I, I'm good at certain skill sets. So, but what good are those skill sets if I don't have any education or knowledge in the other piece of the puzzle that makes it whole, right? Mm -hmm. So. When you have a mentor, when you have a team, when you have people to support you, keep you positive, keep you thinking ahead, keep you thinking um, intelligently, it helps fill in the blanks for your weaknesses because inevitably you can only get so far with your strengths 
Um, and as the saying goes, you know, if you want to go um, fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with the team. So, yes. you know, for me, um, you know, for me, it's it's so important to not only love what you do, but find people to help cultivate that. Because it can get hard, man. I've had many sleepless nights and, and you know, major debts and, and major challenges trying to build the show and trying to interview, like, find people to film and edit and video and pay for it and just blindly trust that I could figure out how to monetize it and that people would watch it. So there was a lot of risks involved. And so I needed all the help and support I can get. So mentor, you know, mentors help you sort of see ideas. A mentor could tell you like, oh, Omar, why don't you do this? And you go, oh, wow. And you do it and it works. But if you're on your own, sometimes you're so in your head that you don't see the simple solution of how to get through the obstacle when you encounter it. A mentor is like kind of like an assistant, like a co-pilot. When you're driving a plane, you know, say you get stuck or stressed, wouldn't you rather have somebody right there to be like, oh, I've been here before. Just pull this lever, do this and do this and you'll be fine. So that's for me what a coach and a mentor is. It keeps me from crashing and uh, helps me continue to go and grow. You know, Especially when you invest, I've invested scary amounts of money in coaching. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's changed my life. So I love it. So yeah, I think, I think it's very important. Um, my next question my next question is what do you think about what 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 do you think are three tips to have a successful entrepreneurship business yeah three tips to have a successful business i would say um number one know your strengths um this is so important gary v talks about it self-awareness you got to know like you and you got to be realistic for me i was very unrealistic from the beginning um uh, but i think you really got to know what are your skill sets? And then how could you offer those skill sets to the marketplace in a way that can make you money? So I think that's number one when it comes to starting is knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses. If you get self-aware as to what you're good at, well, you know that you're going to try to sell something, a product or service around something that you're good at or that you see a quick first way to the sale. So that's that's the first thing, be self-aware. The second thing, and I just said it, is um, make sure you can get a sale. I think if you're starting in business, it's very challenging to invent a new category or offer something new stick with something that people already want get the confidence get the ball rolling and then earn the right to risk to innovate you can innovate off the back if you're if you're you're really inspired to do something but um you know i know for me i tried inventing offers and inventing things that people would want and that kept me broke and struggling for a long time as opposed to just offering them what they already need um so i guess when you're starting in business try to keep it simple um, and uh, the last thing I would say, number three, is um, sales cures all, right? If you have happy customers, they're going to come back more and more and more. So, um, you know, I think it is, it's integral uh, that, um, that if you're, if you're going to build a business, that not only yes. do you have to know your strengths, not only do you have people to support you, uh, but it's also going to be incredibly important to um, surround yourself with people that help fill in those strengths that you're quick to your first sale and that you're selling something that's already momentum. You want momentum is, is overall those three would really show that you want to be in momentum business. Business is stimulated by demand and momentum. So try to get a momentum. And when you fall out of momentum, you got to ask yourself, how can I get a momentum? And sometimes, you know, that can take work, but that's that's crucial. But happy customers and sales cure also. Good mindset, good team, 
happy customers. Hmm. Touch Tech has a question. Timmy, could you ask a question now? You know, Omar, you yes, sir. said you started in 2016 and you're about, that means you were like 21 when you started, right? Say that again? Yeah, um, yes, I'm, uh, I, I just turned 28 exactly one month ago. Okay, so you started four years ago. That means you were 24 years old. That's quite young. Now, in, in, a, in a business, how do you get people to trust you? How do you get your guests to trust you? How do you get people to trust you as a very young guy? Yes, you, you get them to trust you before they meet you. So, so, for example, if it's in business, you do something for them for free. When it, when it comes down to the interview thing, it's about knowing how to communicate with the gatekeepers in the right way. So for example, so for example, um, for example, I, um, you know, John Paul DeJoria, right? When I interviewed the billionaire, John Paul DeJoria, he's the 44th wealthiest person in America and multi-billionaire. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew someone who knew someone who knew his assistant. So I reached out to them. They reached out to the assistant. I talked to the assistant, got her trust, and then she connected me to John Paul. So, so I think it's about just being really intelligent and saying, you know, I think the biggest mistake most people make is they go, how can I get, how can I get, how can they give off that energy? You got to be totally calm. My energy is totally calm and like, hey, I carry the energy of, hey, I'm just here to give you this. Hey, John Paul, I would love to interview you. You know, just be smart. So if I was you guys, I would find billionaires, find their charity or nonprofit. And when you message their assistant, say, hey, I would love to do an interview for 20 minutes about, you know, the billionaire you work for is nonprofit to help raise awareness for feeding kids in this or helping people here. So now you, you're getting access, but you're also giving them value because you're helping them talk about a cause that's important. That will motivate somebody more than like, hey, Mr. Billionaire, can I interview you for my show? Why would they want to do what's in it for them? People want people want to know what's in it for them. So, um, yeah, just values established, trust is established um, by you. Think about what do people trust? People trust themselves, right? Yes. So you just have, why do they trust themselves? Well, it's because they believe in what they're doing. So just align with that. Align with what they believe in. And if you can believe in them, they'll have no problem believing in you at some point. Timmy, do you have another question? Okay. One more question. Okay. Yep. Actually, I'll take I'll take two more and then I'll take two more questions and then I gotta wrap up because I do have okay. another uh, meeting. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I like to ask you briefly. Yes. How did your first interview go? My first interview. Uh, my first interview ever. I kind of had like three first interviews in a weird way. My first interview ever wasn't on camera. It was a podcast. Um, and I was super nervous and didn't know what to say. Uh, my second interview was kind of fluid. But my third interview with Tom Bilyeu, that was the one that I want to tell you about. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And if you watch my first interview with Tom Bilyeu, I think it's from like two or three years ago. I was, I was broke. I was... Um, $20,000 in debt. I didn't have any money to get there for gas. I didn't get any sleep the night before. And I met the videographer who filmed it, uh, you know, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes before the interview actually started. Um, so I was so nervous. And in the middle of it, Tom stopped and goes, Omar, look, I just want to stop this interview right now to say that 
And as he was saying that, oh, my like adrenaline went up so high and I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, he thinks I'm a crappy interviewer. Oh my God, he thinks I'm stupid. Oh my God. But he ended up actually saying that I just want to stop this interview to tell you that you're a really good interviewer. Thank you so much for being prepared. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank you, God. Like, you know, but I was so nervous um, about that. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, I was nervous and all that, but now I've developed a fluidity. You learn how to gauge time. You learn how to pace questions and you learn, and I'm sure you've done this too. You guys have both learned this different people talk for different lengths of time so it refines your communication skills because you learn how to you learn how to pace yourself you learn how to give and take back and forth um, and that helps develop your communication skills massively as i've said i said this would be short and engaging my last yes. and final question is yes, what is your definition of success hey i love it so success to me is being able to do what i want where I want, with whom as I want, with whom I want, as much as I want, in a way that hopefully also simultaneously benefits other people in the process. Mm-hmm. So again, I define success as doing what I want, where I want, with whom I want, as much as I want, in a way that hopefully also simultaneously benefits other people as well. So, um, however, however that individual, <clears throat> excuse me, however that individual chooses to define it is up to them. But for me, I'm living my dream, and there's no other, no other way. I'd rather be doing it, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. I want it. I wanted the passion in you, and I know you guys are too. So thank you so much for uh, for asking that question and uh, for having me on the show. And for anybody listening, make sure to follow Emmanuel. Make sure to follow Taj. Make sure to follow these awesome entrepreneurs. And I'm sure there's a link in the description to follow them. But um, I'm honored to to be on here, and I'm proud of you guys for what you guys are doing. And I hope everybody continues to take the lessons and wisdom from this interview and all your other interviews. Subscribe to your stuff and uh, really make their life a masterpiece. And that's part of my mission. So thank you for helping me with my mission. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Now, where are some social media platforms where people can Mm -hmm. find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on uh, YouTube at The Passionate Few. Um, You can also find me on Instagram at Omar underscore The Rockstar. Again, it's at Omar, O-M-A-R underscore The Rockstar, all one word. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Omar Elatar, the way it's spelled. And I'm sure you have my name typed out so they know how to spell it yeah uh, yeah so we have come to the end of the podcast awesome thank you so much guys oh, yeah. oh.